0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be talking about advice and tips from a Protestant pastor on converting to Catholicism.
1: Yeah, on today's episode we're joined by Keith Nestor, a former Protestant pastor who converted to Catholicism, and he's going to share that experience with you and some things to know and consider if you are also thinking about becoming Catholic
2: saint rose of lima said know that the greatest service that man can offer to god is to help convert souls and truly the saints rejoice at the conversion of heart and we are so excited keith to have you on the show we can't hear, wait to hear more about your story
3: thanks so much for having me you guys i love the catholic talk show it's probably like my favorite thing to watch on youtube and i'm not just <laughs> saying that <laughs>
0: Good to be talking with you guys again. Just a really uh, awesome time of the week for me to to get back and and to start talking about our faith. And, and if you're watching on YouTube and you're new to the show, you could probably figure out who the convert is. That was a Protestant pastor on the video <laughs> that you're watching right now.
3: <laughs> He's wearing a
0: convert shirt. It says convert on it. bro. They
3: purposeful. make me wear this when I go to church, so no one will talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that guy.
0: <laughs> He's serious about his faith, man
3: i would love to be
2: branded by convert instead of converse you know that's i like that a lot you know as as we gather today and and always it's just so important to connect in prayer and connect our hearts before god and we want to express that to any of our audience members who are listening in or viewing our content on youtube our patrons through patreon.com forward slash catholic talk show you know, we're forming community here online in digital ways, but it's important to pray together. So let's just take a moment and center ourselves in gratitude to God for the gift of conversions, the gift of our own personal conversion stories. And today, especially, we want to lift up Keith to God as he's sharing his testimony and how he came into the faith. So let's just bow our heads and recognize we're in the presence of Almighty God and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, you are the author of our salvation, and you grant us the power of the Holy Spirit to sanctify and to govern our lives. Lord, we praise and thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for our community that you have established online. We thank you for our friendship. At the very root of our friendship is our concern for one another, that we may continue to grow in the mysteries of your love for each of us. Bless our time together and bless our conversation. And may those who participate in this conversation, who listen in, or view, may be touched in heart with the testimony of God's work in the world today. We celebrate your love with joy as we begin through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Padre. My pleasure.
1: Well, Keith, really, uh, and also thank you for coming on the episode today. Uh, We've all heard your conversion story. Um, Keith's got a great YouTube channel. Uh, I definitely recommend all of our listeners to check it out. So when you're taking that moment to click the subscribe button on us, and which please do. Make sure that you're also, I'm going to put the link for Keith's channel in the description below as well. Make sure you subscribe to it too, because his channel is great and he's got an awesome ongoing YouTube series and, and podcast. So check it out. So Keith, really, thank you for joining us. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your story and where people can find more um, about your channel. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. And and, uh, thanks, uh, Father Rich and and, and other
3: Ryan. Um, So, like, I'm a pastor's kid, okay? So, when I get, when I tell my testimony, I'll say PK, and people, I forget that in Catholicism, that doesn't exist, you know? So, I'm like, oh, the, the PKs, like, there's no PKs running around in the Catholic Church. So, Like preacher's kid, you know. So I grew up. They're better
1: not be. Yeah, that's true. There's there's some of them, but yeah, they're they're probably out there, but they just cause scandal, I suppose. (laughs) They don't. They don't have a shirt.
3: Um, (laughs) So, you know, I grew up going to church. My dad is a retired United Methodist pastor, so for me, like, church was just part of life, and and. You know, I, I gave my heart to Jesus at church camp, like a lot of kids do, and I was probably ten or eleven years old. And uh, but so growing up, that was just my thing. You know, I loved I loved God, I loved I loved Jesus, and and went to church most of the time. Um, and but like for me, like the whole Catholic thing, I I had I didn't know anybody who was Catholic. I didn't have any any uh, context for Catholicism at all. I I belonged to like some mailing lists for some different. Um, Publications related to music and things like that, and somehow I got put on this list for this um, like apologetics magazine that came out once every couple months. And um,
1: see, that's what happens when you give your name to Columbia Records for the one set CDs. Well, imagine what
3: so when you do that, you get like actual like well produced stuff. When you give it to the Christian record companies, you get like this stuff that's like made on like the back of milk cartons with someone like scribbling on it. I mean, it's not. Production quality wasn't quite there, but they, they sent this this issue and it, it, had a, it had this really cheesy picture of the Virgin Mary on it. And it said in like these really like old English letters, Roman Catholicism and the cult of the Virgin Mary. And then it was all about how Catholics were cannibals and worship Mary and stuff. And that was like the only thing I ever – so I was like reading this going, whoa, okay. So when I got out, you know, into the world, I guess, my only – my only exposure to catholicism was from anti-catholics so and i didn't really have a reason to think twice about it right so i um i dropped out of college to play drums in a band moved out to philadelphia pennsylvania and i started going to this bible church out there while i was there and uh they, they you know it was a, it was a bible church that taught the scriptures verse by verse it was a Calvary chapel verse by verse and I, I fell in love with with the bible in a whole new way well, while i was there um i met this Woman who eventually become my wife, and I remember when I met her, I said, "Hey, uh, do you go to church?" She goes, "She goes, well, no, I'm Catholic." And I said, "Well, come with me." So she comes to this church with me, and and she has this amazing experience, and she gets saved. So I'm like, and she's like, "Well, what do I do about the Catholic stuff?" I'm like, "Who cares? Just leave it behind." So um, I eventually ended up leaving that situation, moved um, to Iowa <clears throat> to become a youth pastor at this Methodist church, and she came with me. We got married, and Started our family and stuff, and and um, while I was while I was going through seminary and 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 um, growing this little youth group, I uh, wanted some design work done so I could have a cool logo for my youth group because you can't just call it like youth group, you know, it's got to be cool. So I found this guy in the yellow pages who's a graphic designer and called him up and was talking to him about my youth ministry or whatever, and we, he said, "Let's let's get together and meet." So I went over to his house one night. He invited me over. And I'm walking up to his house, and he's got these statues on the porch. And I recognize the Virgin Mary, and I didn't know who the other guy was. I think it was like Saint Francis or somebody like that, because um, I think he had a bird. But I kn- I knocked on the door. This guy answered the door. He's about my age. His name's Devin. Invites me into his house, and his house looks like the Sistine Chapel. I mean, it, it was like there's images and icons and statues and all this stuff. And I walked into this guy's house. I'm like, this is beautiful but I was creeped out a little bit. We sit down, we start talking and he's talking to me about his faith in the Lord. And there was like this weird disconnect for me because he's talking about Jesus and how much he loves God. And it was clear he had a relationship with Jesus, but yet there was all this Catholic stuff. He had a crucifix and, and everything. <clears throat> so I just actually stopped him. I said, Hey, what's the deal with you? Cause like, you sound like you love Jesus, but what's with all this Catholic stuff. And cause that's not what I, what I understood to be the truth about Catholics, you know? And that opened the door to this this friendship that we had where he was very aggressive Catholic and I was very aggressive, just whatever I was. And so we tried to like convert each other, you know, and, and so we would get together and we'd go back and forth with arguments. And I was like, Well, I'm gonna make him become a Protestant, he's gonna make me become a Catholic, and and that began like this relationship where it was pretty adversarial for a while. And through the middle of that, he invites me to go with him. Um, on this trip, this all expenses paid trip to this place called Mejigoria, right?
0: Oh, wow. And we were going to go to
3: Rome and all of a sudden, and I have no idea what any of that stuff is. I know where Rome is, right? Cause I'm Italian. And um, so all expense paid trip. So I go over on this trip, you know, there was me, a Catholic priest and like 30 Catholics. And we go on this trip and I, here's, I learned two things about, about Catholicism on that trip. I learned, first of all, that Catholics love to party. Okay. And mm-hmm. we had an absolute blast on that trip and I'd never seen people um, <clears throat> interact with each other that way. You know, they were having a great time and people were drinking wine and it was a, it was a, a huge, awesome time in the community. I, 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 I saw take place over there was just on another level. And then I also got to see for the first time in my life, really Catholics worshiping Jesus. And I saw that over there. I saw like, you know, I, I, wasn't, I didn't really understand all the stuff about the apparitions and all that. You know, I wasn't really like there for all that. I, I like, I was just there to, to see these Catholics worshiping. And while I was there, like it, it blew my mind. Um, so when I got home, I was a lot more open to the things of Catholicism based on my experience, but I still had a lot of hang-ups, you know, and, and there was a moment in time where I really felt like I was being called to convert, but I was afraid, you know, I mean, I had three kids, I had a job in ministry I had, um, you know, I had a lot going on. And, and it was like, how does being a Catholic fit into this? It, it really didn't. And I was just basically like terrified of what that would mean. So I just turned my back on everything and went the other way for many, many, many years. And that was probably like in 2000, 2001-ish. And it wasn't really until about 2016. So 15 years later, when I was... Um, working in the church that I, I I was at before I converted um it was another methodist church and our denomination started going through a lot of problems we were we were really really starting to come apart at the seams because you know people just had made decisions <clears throat> to depart from church teaching and to kind of do their own thing and they were com- it was just it was just becoming chaos and i started to feel like all of this angst about that Wanting to be true to what I believed to be was the scriptural historical faith, right? And what I was learning was as I, as I was having conversations with my, with my um, more liberal friends, I guess, in the, in the Methodist church on that side of the, of the issues, they were saying things to me like, well, you know, that's your interpretation of the Bible, Keith. Uh, you know, how do you know you're right on this? And I was learning that the lack of authority was, was I was seeing the result of that. And so then I started to say, okay, well, if we can't talk about this from a scriptural perspective, let's talk about it from this perspective of tradition. So I said, well, this is what the church has always taught, you know, and I would appeal to that. And they would basically say, yeah, well, the church was wrong. You know, it's up to us to, to, to bring the church up to modern times and things like that. And I actually did have a conversation with a friend of mine who, she's a Methodist pastor. She said to me at one point in time, she said, Keith, I don't understand why you're not Catholic then if that's what you believe. So she put that on me, and I was like, oh, man. All this stuff started bubbling up to the surface. And um, right around that time, the same friend that took, that took me over to um, Medjugorje the first time in 2000, he, he came up, he and his wife came up, and they took my wife and I to see that movie that came out a few, about a few years ago called Apparition Hill. And we went to watch that movie, and, like, it just brought a lot of stuff back to me. And as I was wrestling through this, I started to – I was preaching a couple sermon series in my church, and one of them was about uh, – it was an Advent series about the Blessed Virgin Mary when she received the good news, the Annunciation, from the angel Gabriel that she was going to conceive you know, the Messiah. And as I was writing that sermon, you guys, <clears throat> like the best way I can describe it is to say the Blessed Virgin Mary, like I encountered her in, in my office as I'm writing that message, and I began to like cry. Which I don't really do that very often, you know. But like, you're Italian. Was Come <laughs> yeah. on, accepted. Yeah, Come you're on. Italian. You're I, I you cry when and I'm angry. Right <laughs> you know, but it was just like it was, it was, it was weird. And then I got up and preached this sermon, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was basically preaching, you know, Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, all that stuff about Mary's the new Eve, Mary's the new Ark of the Cut. Like I was discovering this stuff as I'm preparing this sermon, preaching it. And the, and the people in the Methodist Church, they had no idea that this was anything that they would have considered distinctly Catholic, and they loved it. They responded to it, and it was, like, amazing. And through, then throughout a few other things that happened, I got connected with a, a local priest here in town, and we, we started talking, and he just, he just cut through all of the crap that I was giving him, you know? Like, I was kind of sharing with him some of my journey and how long it had been and this and that, and, and I said, well, I guess I just need to do some more praying. And he said, no, you don't. I've never heard a priest say, no, you don't need to pray. He just said, <laughs> no. He said, you don't need to pray. You need to make a decision. And he said, oh, yeah. he said but I'm going to tell you something, Keith. He said, just be aware of the fact that delayed obedience at some point in time becomes disobedience.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I really be, that just really hit me, you guys. And um, I, I had a couple experiences, and I'm kind of condensing this down, but I had a couple experiences, one in particular – where I really felt like the Lord was showing me directly, I need to do this. I, I went to a, um, I went to hear a talk given by Steve Ray. And when I walked in to, to hear this talk, they were having mass in this church and I was really feeling like I needed, a, I needed the courage to, to, to make this move. I, I believed everything about Catholicism was true at this point in time, but I was still just like hung up and scared about what it would mean for my life. And my my dad had had a conversation with me a couple of months prior to this, where he said, Keith, you just can't quit your job, which I'd been in ministry by 22 years at that point in time. He said, you can't just quit your job and become a Catholic. Like there has to be a way you have to have something you can do. You know, there has to be a way for you to like live and support your family or whatever. So I went up for at that mass before Steve's talk and got my little blessing and I, I knelt, I knelt down, I looked up the crucifix and I just prayed. I said, Lord, if you want me to become Catholic, I will do it, but you've got to make a way. And I don't say this like often or, or, you know, like flippantly, but like he spoke to me from the crucifix, you guys. And and he said, I am the way Mm -hmm. the truth and the life. You don't need me to make a way. You just need me. And I knew at that moment that it was about that. That was about the Eucharist. Right. I knew that, that what, was happening in me was I was being presented with an invitation to follow Jesus Christ in the most intimate way a human being can through the, through the Eucharist and becoming part of his church. And I was busy like trying to figure out how to work it all out so that everything would be cool with my life. And he was just saying, look, don't worry about any of that because here's the deal. And I I had to get to this place, you guys, where even if, my conversion cost me everything that I have and it wasn't going to be okay. And there wasn't going to be a way. And I was going to like be a complete disaster of a human being that that was still a good trade to get to, to to receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and be a part of his church, no matter what the consequences were, no matter what the fallout was going to be, I had to get to that place. And I think before 20 years ago or 15 years ago, I wasn't there. Like I can't, I was thinking of myself first and well, if I become Catholic, like how's it going to work out? And what he was showing me there was, it's going to work out because you're going to get to you're going to get to have life in you. You're going to get to to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Do you need anything more than that? And so that night, driving home, I told my buddy. I said, Look, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing. It. I went home, told my wife. I said, Hey, I'm doing this. And she said, You know, to her credit, she wasn't like on this journey. You know, she was like, she was like, okay. And she goes, Keith, if that's what the Lord's calling calling us to do, then that's what we're going to do. And I went in the next day and resigned my job. And that was in like the spring of 2017. And I came into the church in October of that year. Wow. What a
2: wow. beautiful, beautiful testimony. I know I, I've i looked into your journey a little bit, but hearing it even more in depth right now, Keith, I'm just blown away, especially the tie to the Blessed Virgin Mary in yeah. Medjugorje and encountering her maternal love. You know, we... We have had a number of shows talking about the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I know independently, just each of us have had such encounters with Our Lady. I know uh, the, the tie with Fuzati to Our Lady of Guadalupe and our work here with the show to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I've, I've been to nine times to Medjugorje, which is mind-blowing to me. And such the value of, of my experience of Mariology and my understanding of Our Lady and who she is in light of her devotion and her steadfast gaze in the face of Jesus Christ, as Saint John Paul II would say, is just such an incredible gift to the Church. And I'm so glad to hear such a tender experience with the maternal heart of Mary in your journey, my brother. The other thing that I couldn't help but but uh, you know recognize and repeat from what you were sharing in your testimony is the priest's advice in relationship to delayed obedience. What a beautiful yeah. kind of pointed. Yeah thing of counsel like a pointed conversation of counsel to you that really struck your heart so deeply you know when does delayed obedience become disobedience and saint augustine recently we just celebrated his memorial with saint monica at the turn of the month of august into september and that that beautiful saying of saint augustine late have i loved you Mm. O lord and it's just so evident your love of Jesus has been consistent throughout your journey from the time you were a pastor's kid, a PK. Thanks for the lingo, by the way. We need, yeah, we need there you, go. <laughs> so we, you know, ecumenical ties. We need to know the, the, the lingo and the acronyms. But from a, from a preacher's kid, your love of Jesus and your journey with Jesus every step of the way is, is this kind of feeling like, wow, like RCIA, you know, when, when the rite of Christian initiation takes place for adults, scripturally, all the way up to the present day, it's gone through revisions or modifications or renewals. But ultimately, it's that journey of being instructed, of learning. And and that whole process in your journey that you've shared very, uh, you know, in a very brief way is very, very evident that you've been instructed and that instruction is continuing on in your journey up until this very moment, I'm sure, in relationship to the Catholic faith. Thank you oh, for sharing.
3: Yeah, I have so much to learn. And like when I when I first came into the church, my priest, he told me, he said, look, I'm just going to leave you alone for a year. He said, just be Catholic. Just come in. And that's actually like one of my tips about when, you, when you're a convert. It's just, just be Catholic. Don't feel like, especially if you were in ministry, there can be this like desire to like, all right, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do all this stuff. And, and he told me, he's like, just don't even think about that. And I was, I was totally cool with it, you know. And, and the, the, just how amazing it was. People would ask me all the time, oh, I bet you miss being a pastor. I, miss, I bet you miss preaching. I bet you miss all. And the truth is, I really didn't because it wasn't that I don't enjoy those things. But I felt like I, felt like I was being served the most amazing gourmet meal you know, I didn't, and there wasn't anything that I was lacking. So I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this beautiful ribeye steak, but I miss those nachos. You know, I like nachos, but I'm eating this amazing meal. I don't have time to think about anything else. That's kind of what I felt like. And it was just, so I'm still learning. I have a ton to learn about it. And, you know, I definitely, I definitely am, am more in love with Jesus now than I ever have been because of what I'm learning, what I'm experiencing yeah I, I, a couple of things stuck out to me uh one is
0: uh you know even though you were in church p k you're you're ministering to others and what what drew you into initially open up to the church was our the family that that we are and and you know I immediately thought about all the statues and all the pictures and mama and all these things, right. That we have. And that's really what the the Catholic church is, is it it is a family at the the very core of what it is. The body of Christ is, is, is literally so united to him that we are, we share in this unique common bond and that, that stuck out to me a lot. And um, you know, also when you're trying to figure out how to, you know, get into the church, I thought of Psalm 119 and how uh, it says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God does not put spotlights up and show you the route through, you know, some big labyrinth. He literally lights your foot for your next step, right? I mean, he does not, he doesn't give you the whole picture. And the, the beautiful thing about that is just, look, I just have to take the next step. And it was the next step for you was, disregarding all of the details and just moving into that direction and then the the last thing I thought about was you know I've got a lot of questions too but the last thing I thought about is uh just in our devotion to Mary uh you know I, I you know a lot of people think it's very pious and you know a lot of times it is but you know I recall a trip with Father Pagano where we went to Our Lady of Guadalupe at the turn of uh, I think it was 2018 or something like that awesome I had I had just had knee surgery we we're like boys you know and he's pushing me around on a wheelchair these little religious nuns got me and I'm <laughs> yelling at him because he's like pushing me on the wrong you know whatever and uh and we get to the shrine so I mean like we're having fun we're being we're cutting out we're joking around and we get into the church and then all of a sudden like this lady comes up for a blessing and then gosh, it's like he blessed like a thousand people. Mm -hmm. And I watched this amazing flood of these people. And, you know, afterwards we connected and shared a story or two about it. But uh, you know, the thing that came to me was just how Mary unites us as a family, right? Like even if we don't know it, like, you know, we are who we are. We're united under her mantle. Um, And it, and it, sometimes it's not, you know uh the little old lady praying the rosary even though it is a lot of times sometimes it's just being us under like you know with the desire to go to the shrine
2: you know and being being human and being human along the way and christ meeting us with his sanctifying grace and and sharing in that there's no greater conversation than having conversation in that type of light just sharing testimony and that's why I love having Keith on the show to just to share a, about your testimony. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's really wonderful to have you on the show, especially right now as the fall is setting in and there are a number of people in the community, even on our show, that are friends of ours and, and patrons of ours that are considering becoming Catholic. You know, I have a number of people in my parish uh, joining the RCIA. We're going to be starting here in the next couple of weeks. There may be listeners right now who, who are kind of on the fence and they've had a number of different experiences and they're curious about the Catholic faith. Keith, I'm, I'm wondering what kind of advice would you give them in their journey? They're coming probably from a lot of different backgrounds, but yeah. if you could give some advice, that would be awesome.
3: Well, okay, so this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but I have to tell you this. So <laughs> I got a book. I got a book. Yeah. Well, read the book. One year after I came into the church on October 8th, we went back to Mejigoria. This time, my wife was with me, okay? Oh, wow. She had an incredible experience on the last night of our trip. And we were on our way back to fly out. And as we're driving down the road on the bus, we start to pray. And out of nowhere, I get this lightning bolt from God, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it was like, I grab my phone. I start typing in my phone. I'm like, this is the book I'm supposed to write.
0: Wow.
3: I, had no, I didn't know I was going to write a book. I had no clue to do that. I never thought a million years I would do that. But the book that I wrote is, it's, it's called The Convert's Guide to Roman Catholicism, <laughs> Your First Year in the Church. And oh, it's, it's, awesome. it's literally a book about what you asked me, Father. What is my advice for converts? Because I, it was one year after I came into the church, I wanted, I wanted to, to write a book that was basically, this is what it's going to be like to become a Catholic when you haven't been one. Like when you're a convert, here's what you have to do. And I didn't want to do something that was like really theological. Like, <clears throat> well, here's what St. Thomas Aquinas said. And here's all of this, yeah. you know, I think we get enough of, I, I, I shouldn't say we get enough of that. But I think, I think we um, are disproportionate to the head knowledge sometimes when people are converting. We want them to understand the doctrines and the teachings and all those things, which is great. But sometimes you have to sit down with someone and say, but what's it going to feel like to be Catholic? And that's, that's a legitimate question. So that's really where I'm coming from with, the, with my advice to people. A lot of times it's, it's the practical, down-to-earth, like, what's it going to be like? What are you supposed to do with things like, how do you tell your family and friends? Um, how do you find a good church? So, like, here's, here's my advice. And I have a, I have a couple things I'll, I'll share with you, and then we can talk more about it if you want. I think the, the first most important thing that you have to have when you're doing this is you have to have a good you have to have a good local parish you have to have a good priest that's helping you walk through this and that because to me that was like i don't know that i could have done it without without um you know my priest that helped me walk through this his name's father christopher and and like he walked me through this and my wife and if you don't have somebody like that it's really difficult so you've got to find an awesome local parish that you can jump into because you need community so i'm assuming um father rich that they've got you already because they're in your RCIA <clears throat> group so so that's a huge one right there um and then a couple other things i'll share with you guys is this when you're starting to come into the church you're gonna have this this question about how do i talk about this with with my family and friends how do i how do i process this outwardly what do i do and i think like what a lot of people do and this is what I, this is my advice to not do this a, the first thing a lot of people do when they're making some kind of change in their life is they put a big Facebook post together and they they launch that up and say, here's what I'm doing. And my number one (laughs) advice is don't do that. Don't, don't come out on Facebook as a Catholic um, for a lot of reasons, but just stay off of social media with it. You can, I mean, it's going to happen, but, but don't make that where you like announce to the world, your conversion, because when you when you're going to talk about your conversion, that's the, that's best shared in a personal conversation. Um, So people can hear your heart because a lot of people have all these weird hangups about Catholicism and they're instantly going to attach those to you as a new convert. So if they grew up thinking that like Catholics were superstitious, um, you know, and had all these weird religious practices, when you say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to become Catholic. They're going to instantly think that's you. So you have to be able to talk with people about it. Um,
0: what is that? Like unpack that a little bit for me. So you're, yeah, um, cause I, I never had to tell somebody I was becoming Catholic, but, uh, so you're saying like all the preconceived notions that are out there that you had, uh, they carry different ones. And so what? Yeah. where do you meet, where do you meet them in that? Are you waiting for them to ask you if you converted or are you like, do you offer that information to people like because like they didn't see you at church or because you got a statue or like where, where does this come up like sociologically to where you have to like start considering this? And well, it's super
3: I, interesting because yeah. you're you're also a pastor that it too. Right. So well, yeah. So I had a little bit of an advantage in that because I had to write a letter <laughs> to the whole church explaining oh. them what I was doing. So they got this letter. Actually, I had to write two letters. Because the first one was rejected (laughs) Um, because it it wasn't put as nicely as it should have been, what I was doing. So I had to write a different letter. Anyway, um, but I Dear
1: former church, your theology (laughs) is wrong. You're heretics, peace out. See you in Rome.
3: Yeah. That would have been a letter
2: from Pastor Ryan Shield, that's for sure.
3: (laughs) I I wish I would have been friends with Ryan Shield back then because I would have had fun composing that. No. No, a you and, like, you
1: you had the right friend in Devin. Devin Devin's yeah. a good dude, and he's got a lot of great stuff that we got to mention later. So yeah, you you're know, lucky yeah. you had Devin, not me.
3: I, I, I'm extremely, uh, but I tell you what, when I first when I first met Devin, he was the most hardcore dude you've ever met in your life. Like he was, he would like literally look you in the face, get about two inches from your nose, and be like, "So what's the problem? You don't love Jesus? You don't love the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and we would like when we were in Mejigoria the last time, a couple years ago. I took a picture at the street corner where when Devin and I had gone there 20 years before, he and I were toe-to-toe, face-to-face. The cops came. We were like, you know, in Girl. they have like the little oh ice gosh. cream parlors like in downtown or whatever. We were <laughs> outside yelling at each other face-to-face, and they thought we were going to fight. So like the cops literally came and separated us because we're arguing about, about uh, you know the canon of scripture or something like that. And so this last time I went – we were walking down that street and my buddy said, hey, that's the place where you and Devin almost got in a fight. And I had this picture of the Blessed Virgin Mary and I just had him take a picture of me with it at that corner. I just texted to him. I just said, you win. <laughs> wow. what your, that's great. What
0: your, uh,
1: oh, that is so awesome, What,
0: dude. what did your dad say? Did you, was he around? I when, haven't told him all, yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's waiting for the Facebook post.
3: Yeah. No. Um, no, my dad, my dad. So like my dad is, Um, he's a brilliant guy. I mean, he's a scholar. Like he's, he's a brilliant guy. He's a very loving guy. He's a very open guy. And you know, when I was going through all this, this conversion stuff, the second time, this was right around the same time. My mom was, was, um, she was in the process of dying from pancreatic cancer. So which was a huge blow to our family. I mean, she was, healthy vibrant person one day and then the next day she's you know got pancreatic cancer and um you know that whole thing lasted about 20 months and so that's all happening in the background of this so my dad and i never really like had these super in-depth conversations where he was like don't become catholic he was just worried about like me and my life and what was going to happen to me and then since i converted i remember one time he said he said, "You know, I just want to see you use your gifts for ministry someday again." He's like, the, he said to me, with, If you want to be Catholic, that's fine, but I just want to see you, um, you know, God's God's going to use you in ministry someday, and I want you to be open to that." That's that's his encouragement to me. So, I mean, we're great. My dad and I are super tight. We're super cl- very supportive of me. Um,
1: well, that's but, that's, a, that's a cool insight yeah. that he had. Just that to continue as a father to look at his son and say, "Look, you're doing yeah. this other thing. You're going to." you know, the Catholic church, but use those skills that I've seen in you. That's a very, that's a very fatherly thing to say. And I, I, I'd, I'd be very pleased to hear that if I was in your shoes as well. Yeah. And he's, he's,
3: it. he's great, you know? And um, so that's, that's been fine. You know, most of my family's been, been okay. It's just, you know, I mean like everybody else and a lot of converts have that, have the stories of people that ditch you and people that come around. And I have, I had all that too, you know, and that's oh, fine. okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends that, like, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's there's been a few people in my life that have been super tight with me that have just said, you're crazy. We're not talking to you anymore. Um, right. Yeah. But
0: I have friends that went through that. Uh, yeah. J- Jeff and Marina, uh, Father Rich helped them come into the church, uh, friends of ours. And, yeah, it was just, like, disownment, right? Like, yeah. You know, <clears throat> <laughs> it's bizarre.
2: It's, pain, it's, 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 it's very painful. unchristian yeah.
0: too i think you know? it's
2: painful especially when it's when it's in the context of your family or close friend yeah. group and that yeah. that does yeah. happen to a lot of people but it's always at the crutch of something even more powerful in relationship to what god's going to do through that pain and through that suffering of making that choice and i can't help i can't help but thank you so much uh, keith especially as we're going to be starting this new year of formation for these rcia candidates one of the first videos that they're going to get is going to be this video. Oh, wow. So I want to reemphasize, like, don't go on social media and tell everybody you're becoming Catholic. that's a good, that is good advice. And I'm going to, how can I get your book? Because I would love to give that as a gift, as long as I don't have too many of uh, you know, students in <laughs> the RCIA program, but I'd love to be able to give that as a gift to my RCIA candidates.
3: Well, you can buy this book on, uh, on Amazon. It's on Amazon. You can buy it on, on my website, which is just uh, downtoearthministry.org. That's down the number two, earthministry.org. It's, it's there. Um, or you can I'll put links to
1: all that down in yeah. the description below. So if you want to go and find that book, find a link to Keith's website and his YouTube page, I'll make sure those are linked below. So check there, either on the website page or on the YouTube description. Or
3: you can just drive to my house and I, I have a box of them. You know. <laughs> send me the address brother i'll be i'll be on
1: my way so two real quick things so father you've mentioned rcia a couple times why don't you tell people exactly because i'm imagining that there's a lot of people who are considering converting to catholicism watching this video hey guys do it it's it's a good idea um (laughs) but you say rcia what is that what does rcia stand for what is that process so that people can at least consider that you know, because that's a, that's a term, like you said. Well, there's the PKs. Well, the Protestants know that, but they don't know RCIA. So why don't you explain what that means?
2: Yeah. So RCIA is the Right of Christian Initiation for Adults, and it's a period of catechumenates really being catechized. And where where these uh, fancy words come from, catechumenate, uh, it comes from the Latin catechumen, which means to be instructed. And the catechumenate is where instruction takes place. So Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he sends out, in the Great Commission, he sends out all of his apostles, and he says, go forth and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them. Mm -hmm. So like that aspect of teaching is a part of instruction of the catechumenate, and you know, a lot of times we are very cafeteria oriented or very impatient in, in the Catholic church where it's, I want this, give this to me now. I want to become Catholic, give it to me immediately. And that's not good. You know, it really the U.S. bishops, even after the revision that take, took place, I think in the 80s, they still recommend that, you know, the, the right of Christian initiation for adults should take place no less than a year but sometimes it, it can take longer, you know, like three years, especially if you're in need of annulment or that there's other aspects of, of your background that you need to work through in order to live out the Christian faith. So to live out Jesus's moral teachings, to live out the way in which Jesus uh, professes by his own nature, by his own divine nature in our humanity, he's he's giving us really an example of how we ought to live our lives well, it should take, we should take time getting to know how Jesus lived out his life in the scriptures, getting to know how people who have followed him, uh, you know, intellectually, emotionally, sociologically, all these different aspects of living out the Christian faith that is, that has been passed down through the tradition of our faith. It's important. And I love Keith's point. It's like, you know, we can stay in our head too much. We need to know how we're going to feel too. Like, How has this affected the heart of mystics throughout the ages of the church? Well, you know, the time for RCIA is a time to unpack all of that, to look at Christian doctrine, to look at the Apostles' Creed, to to learn where the roots of our devotion as Catholics come from, to learn who the Blessed Virgin Mary is or the saints. Again, all of these things that hopefully are are, uh, predicated by a sense of curiosity is, is a good thing so that you would look into them as opposed to having prejudgment toward what the church uh, proposedly um, teaches. So to actually look into what the church teaches. And one of the main books that we use in RCIA is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And associated with that is the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. So both of these books and the rituals therein You're going to be going through the process of going through the season of Advent, into the season of Lent, anticipating coming into the faith. If you are prepared and and your, your catechist and your pastor has discerned that you are prepared and you are ready. And when you are ready, then you will come into the full communion with the church at the Easter vigil and receive the sacraments of initiation, the rite of Christian initiation for adults, regards the sacraments of initiation, uh, which are namely baptism, Eucharist, and the completion of our baptism in confirmation where we are anointed. So these are some of like the overview of the RCIA meet typically weekly. Um, Some parishes that are more progressive in the sense of having technological infrastructure will offer Different uh, different classes online if you can't make it to the church or during quarantine, you know, contact your local church, see how they're running their RCIA program, and certainly pick up Keith's book and listen into our show. Yeah. You know, there's a number of RCIA groups that listen into our show weekly and have a conversation. There's a yeah, there's a yeah. lot of supplemental things out there that that you could really. Uh, get into. And Keith shared something really exciting about something he's currently working on in regards to that as well. I, I just want to
0: also reiterate that uh, I think a ver- is a very good point that Keith made about finding a parish. Yes. Um, it, I cannot stress this enough that there are parishes, unfortunately, in the United States where you will go to RCI and be bored to absolute death. Like you will be there. There is the most impassioned approach to bringing somebody in the church. And it's because we've just been doing this, this, this person or these people have been doing it forever and that's their thing and they protect it. And it's, it is so important to to have a priest in your life. Don't be afraid, walk up to them, listen to their homily, look how they interact with people, talk to some of the parishioners. That is probably one of the most important things that you could do to, to start this process because a very good RCI process is, is like courting you know a woman over time and drawing close to her and that wedding day is so beautiful, right It's so beautiful. I, I can't reiterate it enough, and I, I really thank you for, for sharing that because I've, I've personally sent people into the church, uh, a number of people and to their parish and they have told me that it, it's awful. Like, it's like going to the DMV. That's what they yeah, It, it could be so, very bad.
1: So a couple yeah. things on that. Um, Just being real. If, you know? Yeah, it, it's realistic. There are gonna be yeah. some very dry, boring RCIA yeah. teachers or, or catechists. And um, don't let that spoil the process for you because it is a process. No. There's things that you could do uh, if you don't have maybe another parish where you can go for RCIA and you're kind of, this is your option. Uh, One really good book that I would recommend is the Baltimore Catechism. Now, this was made way back in the day, and it was really kind of intended for children. But if you are really just starting to learn about Catholicism, this book will teach you everything, very orthodox, and it can help you generate those questions and maybe help to drive your RCIA class to dig into some things that you're able to research on your own and ask and generate questions about. Um, So that's the St. Joseph Baltimore Catechism, you can get them for like five bucks on Amazon. Definitely go get this. If you're even thinking about being Catholic, go get this because this will, in a very simple, easy way, and maybe a more accessible way than reading the Catechism or Canon Law or anything like that, this will help you with that. Uh, the second thing is, um, if you were baptized already in a different denomination, if you are baptized Methodist or baptized Anglican or whatever, most of the time, you do not need to be re-baptized. And that's something that I think, you know, people might not really consider or think about, but your baptism, if given with the proper Trinitarian formula, which is, you know, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, right? Not I baptize you in the name the special that we baptize yes, Yeah, we baptize you or I baptize you, you, you. I baptize you in, in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son. If they say in the name of, in the name of, well, then it's, splitting up the Trinity. So really, if you had a valid baptism in another denomination that uses the proper baptismal formula, your baptism is still valid. Now, if you're not sure, if you were baptized, the priest will train you to be, um, you know, through RCA to get a provisional baptism. We'll say, you know, the priest will say, I baptize you. And, you know, if you already have not been baptized, I baptize you in the name, right? So, there's that. Those are some considerations. Um, there's also the consideration of your family. If you're converting uh, and you have a wife or you have a husband or you have children, you know, this is something that like, if you read in like the book of acts, you know, where Peter goes and stays with the house of, uh, uh, Cornelius, the whole household converts really, you know, and, and doing that journey together, if at all possible, is very important. Very, very important because a unified house in the faith is going to be something that will pay way more dividends um, and make it a a better process now if it has to be just you go ahead with it but if you can bring your family along together a better that's that's a better way yeah
0: with with this new stuff on baptism too like was a report that came out that somebody used the wrong words like how does that work? I mean, formally, if if you if you aren't really if you're baptized in another church and they do something a, a different ritual or you know, they don't really do it right,
1: well, if you don't know the priest, he, the priest will give you a provisional baptism. So the baptism okay. is oh, valid good. with the intent. Okay, if you because you can't be baptized yeah. more than once. That's heretical. I, I, That's I, anabaptist. The reason why
0: the reason why I asked that is because uh, Escalito Nacho Libre's partner was baptized in the movie, and I didn't know if that was. If that was legitimate and what what would he do if he came No, you have York to have he,
1: the you have to have the intent. Just saying the formula without the intent doesn't your
3: head into a bucket of water. Well he was yeah. he was concerned about his salvation and stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I knew he was one of us. You I are one of us. Science. Yeah. Also, make me. sure, make sure if you're considering, go learn about the rosary. Uh, really learn how the rosary is. Not a Marian repetition prayer, but it's really a, a meditation yeah. on the life of Christ. Bead by bead, you are meditating from from the uh, the Annunciation all the way through all of salvific history and our Lord's story, and it forces you to consider all these parts in his ministry and in his life. So go and learn about the rosary those would be the tips that I have and it's right? and it's
2: scripturally oh, it's yeah. scripturally based you know the everything yeah. to do with the Rosary is scripturally based and that's an important thing to to realize yeah
0: and, the, so and keep, the repetition uh, the repetition of the rosary you know I've been praying the rosary a long time so I get all these beautiful insights yeah uh, I mean you're meditating on the same thing and every time I do it something comes to me so the Holy Spirit Mary, through the prayers, uh, something comes in, it's very new. It's a different perspective, a different way of looking at it, a different insight, a uh, different grace. So,
2: so Keith, I, what I'm other tips do that, that you have? Sheil, I'm, well, I'm glad I'm that sorry, you, I, let me just say this real quick. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, that the whole family should come into the, into the faith, that that would be a recommendation, certainly. Uh, and pastorally, I would echo that as well. But even if you're Catholic and your spouse is converting, it would be very fruitful for your spouse to come with you in the process of the RCIA, that you would, that you would participate as a, as a married couple. And, and if your kids want to come, all of that. This past year, we had a whole family come and it was just, you know, really a Catholic wife and then a converting husband. So again, you know, just definitely you want to invite your spouse to participate as well. So that was a very, very good point that you made, Sheel.
1: So, Keith, you had a couple yeah. more tips. Let's hear those. Yeah.
3: Okay, well, you guys mentioned the rosary, so that that leads me to a, a tip about that. And my tip is this. Don't try to take on too much too fast because when you – so, like, I still speak Protestant. So, like, when you're talking about catechesis, all that stuff, I'm thinking, okay, he's talking about, like, the new member class, you know? So uh-huh. – and And, like uh-huh. – when you talk about your devotions, okay, in, in, in the Protestant world, you basically have, you know, you, you're, you're, you read your Bible and you pray, and maybe you have a little devotional book or something like that. When, when you become Catholic, now you've got rosaries, you've got novenas, you've got all these different, you've got the Liturgy of the Hours, you have all this stuff, yeah. and you can, it can be like super overwhelming to a new Catholic yeah. who gets dropped off at, at, at you know, Mass um, They make their way past all the 15 passenger vans. They come into the church and they figure out where to sit. And now it's kind of like all these things are happening. What do you do? How do you decide which things you're going to do? And here's the, here's the great thing about Catholics and the challenging thing about Catholics when you're new is everybody has a flyer and a booklet and a thing you're supposed to be doing. So (laughs) it's like, Hey, come to this thing. Here's a flyer. Hey, come to that thing. Hey, that guy sneezed. Here's a flyer. that will tell you all about it. It's, there's there's a lot of that so you just sort of have to kind of go at your own pace and don't like everybody you talk to will have a, an amazing story about how this particular devotion to this particular saint or or whatever is is going to blow their mind or blow your mind and my advice is to pick like two things that you're going to do and make one of them the rosary okay learn to pray that every day and then Something else, what, just whatever else, like a devotion to a particular saint, but don't try to overdo it. Don't don't feel like you have to say yes to everything that other people have done that has made their faith grow. Like give yourself, give yourself some room to breathe. You'll get there because it's like in Catholicism, it's this huge treasure chest of amazing, awesome treasure and all these tools for your faith, but y- you need to go slowly so you don't get overwhelmed. Um, yeah.
0: It's like a buffet, you know. You don't uh, oh, yeah. just load the plate up and then not eat it and feel sick, you know. You get yeah. your meat, you get one meat, you get the potato. You know what I mean?
3: Like, don't. That's don't a great. Go an- crazy. That's a great analogy, Ryan. He's got because, the strategy. <laughs> yeah, you get. Yeah. You have to figure it out because your plate's only so big, you know, and you can't. You can't do everything.
1: <laughs> strategy at once.
2: of Ryan Delacrosse yeah. at all. <laughs> you, know,
1: you can eat buffet. Yeah. Eat so, the fruit. Eat, <laughs> the, eat the, the fruit. fruit. Yeah. The you f- should see Delacross at a Brazilian steakhouse. It is. It is like. Yeah. It's like an orchestrated it's just like- masterpiece. <laughs> it's like field marshaled. <laughs> Come on.
3: That's awesome. Oh gosh. So, okay. So I, I would say when it comes to devotional life, you know, definitely start praying, the ro- which the rosary is weird for converts. It, Cause you're, we've never done anything like that before. And, and one of the things that yeah. a lot of us have is hangups is the whole, like, um, you know, vain repetitions. We've all heard that verse and, And that's one of the go-to anti-Catholic verses is like, well, Jesus said, don't pray vain repetitious prayers. And, you know, my response to that now is, yeah, I agree with him. Don't pray vain repetitious prayer. So stop praying in vain, actually mean it. The problem isn't the repetition, it's the vain. So, so, but we we all have these hangups, right? We're all like, oh, wait a minute. What am I, am I going to do it wrong? What are, just jump in, figure it out and go slowly. I, when I first started praying the rosary, I was using an app to help me learn it and go through with it because I was like super self conscious about it. Now I pray it on my YouTube channel every day, you know, but like, it's like go slow, but really, really I can't stress it enough how important if you do one thing in your Catholic faith, besides obviously that you go to mass and reconciliation, all that, this is it for, this is it because there's so many things that, that go along with the rosary that will really change your life and open you up to this incredible relationship with our blessed mother that, that goes beyond like all the other stuff you try to engineer in your conversion. So like you're going, okay, I'm going to do this. We make our plans. We figure out what we want to do. And she just goes around a lot of that stuff and goes right to your heart. And, and so that's another tip. Another thing I would say is this, learn as much as you can about what's going on in the mass and like, go slowly with that. Ask questions sit down with someone say okay why do we do that why do we do that because i think a lot of people just take for granted well this is what we do that's especially a cradle catholic who just grew up with it and maybe learned about it when they were in seventh grade or whatever but like where does incense come from why do we do that why why do we make the the cross here and here and here before the gospel reading why do we stand before the god learn all that stuff because the more you dig into that you're going to realize the richness and power of that and it'll it'll make your experience of the mass even more amazing because let's okay. face it, sometimes you're not feeling it when you go to mass. Maybe the, maybe the lector is having a bad day. Maybe the cantor is having a bad day. Maybe the priest is having a bad day and you Protestant in your Protestant experience. If you don't have good music, and you don't have a sermon, you know, you're in serious trouble. In, in Catholicism, <laughs> you can, you can, you're going to have that, but you still get the sacrament and you still have the liturgy. So learn about that stuff um and then and then the other thing i would say is this um you know just be you don't feel like you have to change who you are as a person because now you're a catholic like don't and and i remember feeling this way because i didn't really change a whole lot about who i was and i would have some catholics that would like push up against that they'd be like well you still talk like a protestant and i didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing um but i'm like well i just talk the way i talk because that's how I—that's who I am. Because <laughs> <know>? I'm talking. Because <laughs> I'm talking. But yeah, you know,
1: you know, it, the change that happens being Catholic and getting that indelible mark sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a lot of change at once, right? It, it you is. are fundamentally changing, and then trying to put the, um, I guess, the externals of that experience out and force that change as your personality. I think is yeah. a, is a very different thing than fundamentally being changed by that reception. You know, so don't yeah. start, don't convert, and then all of a sudden you start wearing a, you know, <laughs> Franciscan robes. All of a sudden, I mean, you're still you, changed <laughs> fundamentally.
3: It, it, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about because I think you know, and this is an interesting thing. Like, and I experience this a lot, of course, as an evangelical Protestant. You know, every church has its own culture. So, like, if you go to like to a a new, young, relevant church plant with the word "city" in it someplace, you're going to see a lot of skinny jeans. You're going to see a lot of girls knitting. You're going to see all this, you know, you're going to like, there's all this cultural Coffee stuff, goes, you know, it's yeah. so weird. And, and then, but if you go to like a independent fundamentalist church, you'll see dudes with, with like, you know, <laughs> cornmeal blue suit coats and, and, you know, uh, Wrangler jeans and maybe some guy with a 45 on his, on his, on his hip or whatever. But like every, everybody has their way of t- talking their cultural way. But well, um, when you're in the Protestant world, Entire churches get formulated around that type of stuff. Okay. In Catholicism, there is a culture, but that's not the, supposed to be the defining mark of Catholicism. You're not, you don't have to go like, okay, well, do I fit in here? You know, yeah. because what defines whether you fit in in the Catholic Church should it be the kind of clothes you wear, <clears throat> the kind of music you listen to, or even like your racial makeup or whatever, you know, or, or where you live. And that's what I love about the Catholic faith so much is that. All that stuff's just who we are in the world, but when we step into the Catholic faith, like, you know, we're not segmented according to our life stage or our cultural um, situation. So, like, I used to live in a town where we had a church that had Saturday night. They had what they called Jesus Country Worship, and it was it was a country Western worship service. So, if you like country, you went there. Then in the morning, you had the traditional worship service. Then you had the contemporary worship service. Then you had the blended worship service. I mean, all these different, then the young adult Bible study and the early 20s with no kids Bible study and the late 20s with kids Bible study. And there's all this like segmentation. When you come into the Catholic faith, just get ready to not have that, which will be weird because you're going to get put into community with people that you otherwise would never be put into community with in any other church environment. So I used to be in charge of small groups and other churches I was in and different ministries. And we used to like try to figure out how to group people together according to their common interests so that they'd become friends. Right. So you'd have, right. you know, guys that like to smoke cigars, Bible study, you know, women that like to, uh, you know, make scrapbooks, Bible study or whatever, you know, and, and different things. Everybody was always getting chopped up according to where they were. Well, when you become a Catholic, like, And I tell the story in my book, I saw this, this ad in the bulletin for a rosary group that prayed every night. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have it in your parish, but there's this group that prays every single night with like, they have this statue and it just rotates from house to house week after week. And I noticed that it was in my, it was on my block one night. So I walked down the street and I walk into this house and it's like five, um, you know, elderly people. And they're like, well, hello, what can we do for you? And I'm like, hey, I'm here to pray the rosary. I have my leather jacket on, you know. I'm just like, I'm here. To pray. <laughs> and they're like, oh,
1: okay, skinny come on in. Skinny jeans and a leather jacket. Well, hey, am I the You're them? welcome. Alexa. I, I don't wear nine one one.
3: Yeah, I don't wear skinny jeans anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I try not to. Sometimes they become skinny jeans because I'm not anymore. But um, you know, I think like you what? said
1: something important though. Is that that there will be people, you know, in the Protestant world that will try to divide you into camps. But the same thing is going to happen in the Catholic world. Don't it pay will. attention. It, it, don't go on exactly. YouTube and have people say, "Well, you're this kind of the Catholic or that kind of Catholic." Yeah. Look, some of the greatest saints ever didn't probably even know who the pope was at the time because they were in the desert praying. You know, do you think um, St. Hilarion was worried about the particular bishops conference and how they were handling immigration in the, you know, Eastern Roman Empire? No. You know, don't let that happen to you. Now, there's yeah, exactly. there's everyone wants to do that because when you can keep break people into little categories. It's easy to market to them. It's easy to make money. Easier off to them. It's control. Easy to control. You are a Catholic. Do not let yourself be brought into these little camps. Catholic is universal. Yes. Be that and avoid that other stuff like the plague. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. That's, that's a great point because I mean, that's, that happens to me a lot now because I will have people that message me or reach out to me with like this list of litmus questions. Like, You know, do you do this? Do you do that? And some things I go, some things I'll answer and I'll probably give them an answer that they love, but then I'll give them an answer they don't love and they don't know what to do with me. You know, like I go to Latin mass, but I also went to Mejigoria. So like people don't know what to do with that, you know? (laughs) Our
1: show's the same way, you know. People are like, What are you?
3: Yeah. And and, you know,
1: where do you fit in? Well, we're Catholic in the church. That's it. Exactly.
3: But even like even like the cultural things, like you could be like, Okay am I supposed to dress this way or say those things or yeah. learn how to talk a different way or do this? And my advice is this, when you're first coming into the church, so to all of you people that are thinking about RCIA or com- don't get hung up on any of that. Like, just be you, just be who you are and let Jesus work on your heart and focus on what it's going to be like to come into the faith just as you are. And don't, don't try to like find out where the cool kids are sitting. Okay. Just, just be who you are. And that's okay, and that that's really freeing, actually, because it so is. Uh, this is good yeah. advice
0: for it's just any Catholic. Advice.
2: It's excellent advice for any advice. Catholic. Not yeah, Catholic. and and I mean, God God is calling each of you uniquely with your personality, yeah. you know, into the bonds of the church to share your gifts and your talents and your skills in a wonderful and unique way. And Keith, you're you're doing that without a doubt. And I have to say, I've been I've been named a Baptist minister, a Protestant minister, just by the way that I I preach normally. And it's just yeah. like you know, it's just my I'm, it's my personality. It's just you know how I express myself. And you know, when it comes to God uniquely caring for His sheep and governing us into a body, a group, a family, as as both of you were sharing, Delacross and Keith were sharing, that's the whole idea of the RCIA. So to yeah. to think that. The process in which you're being joined to the fullness of the faith is that you would be joined to a community and that group of people are going to be discerning what the Catholic Church teaches in many different ways throughout a period of time leading up to Easter when then you were joined to the bigger universal family. And that is the greatest aspect of the Catholic Church, that it is universal and that that culture revolves around adoring the person of Jesus Christ present to us in the Eucharist, present to us in the Word. And that expression of worship is the same in India in Africa in, in the underground church in China in all these different places in and around the world. That response is universal. And that is something to truly celebrate and continue to advance with our own proclamation and testimony. That was one of the things that really Amen. struck me with Medjugorje, too, is like so many people from all over the world. Coming to Medjugorje and I remember holding hands with people. This one guy tattooed up, tattoos on his face and holding his hand with a leather jacket. And then, you know, this elderly 80 year old woman, you know, Italian veiled, you know, right next to me. We were all holding <laughs> I love hands. That. You know, it was just incredible, yeah. incredible experience. I have, to, I have to share this one quotation and my class last year, I shared this at the very last meeting. And they said to me, they're like, please share this at the beginning next year. And it's one of my favorite quotes from the catechism, 1249, about catechumens. Catechumens are already joined to the church. They are already of the household of Christ and are quite frequently already living a life of faith, hope, and charity. With love and solicitude, Mother Church already embraces them as her own. To realize that that your interest in being instructed in the ways of the Catholic faith, there and in that itself, you are being joined mystically to Holy Mother Church and nurtured and guided. And isn't that true to our experience of listening to the testimony of our good brother Keith today? To, nope. to hear that and that he initially started receiving instruction this is what the catholic church is then went to medjugorje and immediately joined to community and struck by community and family and then being joined together by this pastor into that larger sense of the right of christian initiation and and to be initiated by a pastor who was so willing to be involved in your journey and i assure you out there if you reach out to your local parish listen you know I, speaking for myself, there is nothing that makes me happier than meeting somebody who's curious about the Catholic faith or inquiring about becoming Catholic. So don't be afraid. It's the joy of the priesthood, you know, being able to walk with people and answer some questions. And if you don't know the answer to the questions, to look it up with them and to be able to share the journey that, that brings so much joy. Just recently, I was listening to a podcast from this past week. Francis Chan is, you know, an evangelical pastor, and he's sharing a lot about the Eucharist over the past, what, year or two. And he was on Hank Unplugged, which is a Bible answer, uh, answer man. Hank is this, you know, wonderful, wonderful, curious man, and, and he just continues to research the scriptures, and he's on a journey. And I love hearing all these evangelical pastors on this journey of just inquiring about the person of Jesus Christ, incarnate truth, and looking at the fathers and looking at the Eucharist and realizing that over 1500 years, you know, the world's, you know, cult around around Jesus Christ was based on the Eucharist. And to hear your story about and testimony about the Eucharist, Keith, is, is just incredible. Jesus is drawing people to the altar and we're returning to the altar. And that is what it's all about being Catholic. And, and I'm just so happy that you've been on the show. Amen. Thank yeah. you so much.
1: So a couple things before we wrap up um, again, uh, Keith, why don't you tell everybody what the name of your YouTube channel is, where they can find you, um, and how they can learn more?
3: Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just Keith Nestor, and I post um, different types of videos on there. Since the quarantine began, I started doing a daily live stream rosary. We started at March 18th, and we've been doing it every day since, at 5 p.m. Central, and that's, been, that's, that's turned into this amazing community. We call it the Rosary wow. Crew. And there's wow. people from over 50 countries that are logging in every day into this crew. And it's just, it's, a, it's been incredible. So we do that every day at five on Sunday nights after the rosary. I do this thing called unpacking the mass where I walk through the week's readings of the church. Basically, it's just my way of doing a sermon on the, on the, on the scriptures from that morning. Um, so we do a little Bible study. And then um, my podcast is called Catholic Feedback with Keith Nestor. And that's a, a podcast where people send me questions. And the purpose of that podcast is to connect the eternal truths, of the Catholic faith to everyday life. So that comes out every Tuesday. And then I make other little videos and stuff here and there on that channel. So my, my ministry is called Down to Earth. And that's really has a double meaning. The first meaning, of course, is that Jesus Christ came down to earth, you know, God came down to earth, the incarnation. But, but the other idea is that that's just the way that people have mentioned to me, well, when you speak, you speak down to earth, you, you bring it to like where the rubber meets the road. So that's just the way I try to bring my faith and the truths of the Catholic faith to people. So, um, down to And, uh, as soon as the quarantine's over, I can't wait to get back out and visit churches mm-hmm. and parishes and stuff like that. And, um, so that's, yeah, that's what I've been up to lately. And it's been, it's been incredible. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I get
0: mean, you, we we're we fans get of the studio. We need to get you down there in the studio and we get back into that thing soon
3: too. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty soon guys. We're going to be there. It's going to be, man, I, I've accumulated um, almost an armada of booze and cool things to bring down because we haven't been around each other in like <laughs> six months. It's going to be fun. Uh, but, yeah, we were fans of Keith's. Um, I've been watching his videos for a long time. I mean, it's really awesome to finally get you on the show. Oh, man, His, his, his channel, the things he does, you can really tell, like, his father recognized that he does have a gift for yeah. ministry. He has that gift, and he's living that out now in the Catholic Church, and a lot of people are benefiting from those fruits. So I really can't thank you enough and recommend his materials enough. Um well, thank I also you. Wanna- I
3: appreciate that.
1: I also wanna make sure that we mention our sponsor, Ave Maria University. Again, they're another institution that is really helping the church live out its mission in a lot of ways through putting professionals into uh, the professional fields who have been properly trained in both uh, academia, but also in the faith so that uh, the faith can be witnessed in the workplace and in the home. Um, Ave Maria has over 40 different uh, majors and minors, Beautiful campus. Go to AveMaria.edu to learn more. And then, again, I want to thank all of our um, Patreons. Uh, You can go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash Patreon. We have a bunch of cool tiers on there, all kinds of great uh, gifts that we give to you in gratitude. Um, Any day now, we're going to start getting new uh, exclusive content on there, um, which is going to be really awesome. And uh, go to CatholicTalkShow.com to subscribe. Uh, If you're watching right now, make sure you click the button that says subscribe and click the little bell so you get notified. So every time we have a new video, you'll be able to see it. It means a lot to us and that's how you can help participate in our mission of growing this ministry that we are on as the three of us and Keith is on now as a brother of ours as well. So we wanna thank you again for all of your support, especially in prayer. As
2: we continue to forge this communion, when we gather in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, this Trinitarian communion of persons is extended to us by God's mercy to participate in. And that's when we're united in prayer, we unite with the Holy Trinity. And that's what God desires for each of us. Remember the desire of the Father that Jesus announced, that Ut Unum sin, that we would be one. And today we celebrate that oneness in the person of Jesus Christ in the conversion story of our brother Keith Nestor. Keith, we thank you again. And we celebrate our oneness through the means of digital content. So thank you again to our patrons who support the channel financially that, that help us to continue this, this content generation. And we look forward to developing these shows. Please pray for us, especially when we gather back together again and shoot a new batch of episodes with greater effort. We thank you for bearing with patience You know, th- th- during the remote uh, shows that we've been doing. And we wanna give a big shout out to Kyle and to Howard and to so many others that support you know the back end of our show we wouldn't be able to do it without you and we will see you next week god bless